I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and First Nation people of the land on which this podcast has been recorded. For me in Melbourne, Nam, Australia, it's the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and communities and pay my respect to their culture, elders, past, present and emerging. Hey gorgeous, are you ready to turn on the light switch of your soul and live an authentic, radiant and unapologetically pleasure-filled life? I'm Penny Vandersloos, I'm a pleasure activist and adventurer, feminine empowerment coach and a conscious creatrix and connector. I'm also a wife and mother of two teens and host of this podcast, Turned On, Wild, Free and Sexy in Your Midlife. Welcome, Womanjika. I'm really excited to bring you this episode, Embodying Your Inner Goddess with Jagridi Bhatia. Jags is an entrepreneur and wisdom holder of feminine secrets. She has an intuitive approach in delivering feminine empowerment programs and private coaching sessions that help women awaken their leadership potential and shine their light into the world. One of her offerings is the goddess wheel, which explores eight goddess archetypes to help us tap into our feminine power. She is also the founder of Ignite Bollywood Dance Company, which helps people light up with dance. Thank you so much. I have to say, first of all, how honoured I am to be here. This topic is so close to my heart. I want more women to be turned on and come to life. We need that in this world right now. So it's such an honour to be here. Um, And uh, thank you for having me. I'm also honoured to share the eight goddess archetypes. And what I'm hoping we would do during this podcast is, as I share a bit about these archetypes, who they are, um, the listeners can be tuning into which ones resonate most with them. Like, which one do you think is very much alive in you? And which one do you feel like, oh, I could really get more of that um, juice in my life, you know, more of those gifts and superpowers in my life. So it's your journey as you're listening to this to self-reflect and join us in the conversation. It's not like um, we're talking at you. We don't want to be talking at you. So I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Jag, I wanted to first off maybe just talk to what a goddess is in your eyes or how can we invite women who are listening who perhaps think, how could I be a goddess? What is this goddess? You know, I don't relate to myself as a goddess. Can you talk to that a little bit to begin with? Yeah, that's um, a great question because the word goddess has been used a lot. People perceive it in different ways. So To sum it up, the way I would see what a goddess is in my work in particular is access to divine feminine energy. So it's it's the divine aspect of us um, and the feminine part of the world and us. So that's to me, that's what a goddess is. In my culture, so I belong, um, I was born in India and I've grown up as a Hindu. So in my culture, goddess worship is very, very common. So I've grown up as a little girl celebrating goddess festivals and I always found them so fascinating and I was so curious about them. And as I 
got older, I started wanting to explore more about um, the qualities and characteristics of these goddesses that we pray to. And as I discovered that they have so much power within them, if we were to embody that power and live like that, because all of us, to, in my belief, are divine, like we have divinity within us. And so if we were to actually tap into that, then it could be quite a pleasant experience. Um, life could go with more grace and ease and flow. And that's what I'm hoping to, to help people tap into that part of themselves. Not see yourself as a goddess in an arrogant way. That's certainly not what I'm talking about here. The principle of being a goddess, um, if you can equate it even to being a queen, it's not just about being treated as royalty because a queen actually has a deep sense of responsibility for um, the people in her queendom or kingdom. So it's also about being of service to others. So when we look at goddess archetypes, I use it in leadership development in particular because I want people to step into a selfless service of others, but you can't do that unless first you're looking after yourself as well. So the ultimate goal is as a goddess, you are this giving, um, loving being, and that's what you're tapping into. So good, so good. And I think you've answered it, but just in case someone else felt religion or their, the way they've been brought up and their understanding of what a goddess is, any kind of suggestions on how they can listen? As you're listening, yeah. if you're thinking, well, I'm Christian or I don't, believe in those sort of Hindu goddesses like how do I listen to this absolutely that's a great question I would invite those people to come on a creative like storytelling journey with me that's how I would see this so if you were to watch a cartoon or a superhero film and you've got all these characters that have these superpowers and you enjoy it for what it is a feast um, a journey you're exploring characters I would invite them to look at this particular podcast like that where they can actually take away certain characteristics and certain um, personality traits that perhaps they want to embody more of um, and if they have an aversion to the word goddess then it's okay in your mind you can remove that word and listen to the actual characteristics and how they can help you in life oh that's such a good answer thank you but yeah. one of the things I did also want to cover off is for you, if you're listening to like, what is this archetype um, we're referring to and just talk to a definition so that it kind of lands for you. So an archetype can be any of the following sorts of statements, like the first thing or a model, a prototype of behaviour, or in Jungian sort of theory, um, psychoanalysis, there's settings or stories or character types that are universally shared across people and cultures. So as you've referred to their archetype, you know, goddesses in Hindu um, culture, we can still learn from those as having characteristics in our cultures as well. Exactly, absolutely. And um, again, it's about the characteristics that we're interested in, whether you call it um whether you call it Superwoman or Wonder Woman or Gali or um, Durga, whatever you call it, it's more that the characteristics we're interested in and how they can help us. So that that's probably the best way to look at this um, to get the most out of it for yourself. We thought we would share 
your goddess archetypes. Perhaps you could share how you got to kind of discover these as your own. So, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the work that I do around goddess archetypes is very intuitive. And I know even the word intuition is thrown around these days and people might be confused as to what that is. Um, so when we are able to tap into our intuition, sometimes we get answers or we get guidance that perhaps even um, goes against our logical decision-making process. And that's where it's most interesting to try and make decisions. When your logic is saying one thing and your intuition is saying something else, that's when we're most tested. And it's very exciting and thrilling for me to actually see what happens if I choose the path of intuition instead of logic in those moments. Because what is possible, quite magical. And you just don't know where the path will lead when you do do that, when you follow intuition. There's no such thing as one-way communication with the universe, with God, with source, whatever you want to call it. The communication that's happening is two ways. It's not one way. And if we decide to tap into that and ask for guidance and truly connect to our curiosity and our deepest questions, if we genuinely ask those, put them out there as intention into the ether, you'll be surprised how the answers come to you. And so I decided to play with that idea. And that's how the goddess wheel landed in my lap. It was one day where I'd gone out partying, got back pretty early at 11 p.m. I was a bit tired, but all of a sudden I got a download. It just flowed. And I was drawing this circle and I was drawing like a pizza thing. Like it was, you know, divided into sections and then these goddess names are coming down and then these, these other words are coming to me as to how to access these goddesses. And as I'm writing, it's just flowing out of me and I'm looking at it and then I'm allergic to some of the words. I don't even like them. I'm like, no, ew, like sacrifice? No, thank you. I don't want to be a goddess that sacrifices. Like, you know, and it was so fascinating, but those were the words that came. And since then, this was around 2016, I think this happened. Um, Since then, I've been diving deeper and deeper into these archetypes. That must have been a really amazing experience to witness something come through you and see it and then now know how powerful it is and you're using it in your work. I guess for people listening in and if you're listening in thinking, I don't relate to having that channeled experience or that feels a bit way out for me, just to sit Mm -hmm. with that and listen to what Jagriti has to share and just Mm. as she invited you at the start just to um, try it on like their superhero or heroine (laughs) um, yeah stories that you can potentially relate to and then I'd love you to as you walk us through to um, yeah share how each might be an access for each woman to yeah find her turn on like how can this be a way that in listening you can feel more alive, feel more of yourself, feel embodied, and, yeah, let's do that. Walk us through. You can pause now and go to pennyvandesleuth.com forward slash podcast if you'd like to follow along and look at the goddess wheel that Jagriti is going to refer to for the rest of the episode. 
Otherwise, you're welcome to visit at any time and check out the image. Well, it's a great segue into the first goddess archetype that I want to uh, discuss with you. Um, we were just talking about intuition and channeling and these words can sound so off-putting and weird for some people and that's totally fine. What I want to share with you is that if you are just curious about how are different ways in which we can make decisions as human beings, just be curious about that. One is gathering information from the outside, gathering data, statistics, evidence, etc. The other is personal experience, lived experience, and perhaps there's another way, which is tapping into some kind of information that isn't necessarily visible through our five senses and maybe exploring where that takes us. So that's what we're talking about here when we talk about intuition. We're talking about that sixth sense that is something that perhaps you've experienced in small doses at some point in your life where you've had a gut feeling about something. And if you've followed that, where has it led you? So that's that's the exploration here. And if you're just open-minded and curious about that, then um, you never know where it might take you and where it might guide you. So it's kind of fun. Like it's really quite exhilarating okay. yeah. to tap into the unknown. So mystic goddess is one such goddess archetype. And in order to access the mystic part of yourself, it's really important to honour your intuition, to really befriend your intuition, this sixth sense. Now, we are very much in a physical world and we really, I, I understand that we enjoy um, life through our five senses and that's wonderful and we'll get to another goddess that does that. Mystic goddess is all about really tuning into your sixth sense, that part of yourself that knows or can see the unseen. Now, if you've had that experience or if you haven't, it's okay. You can certainly get curious about it. We have the ability to pose a question into the world, into life, and then wait for the answer to come to us. And it might land in our lap in a different way. It might land through a dream, maybe through a song we hear, maybe we interpret um, an animal that we see that's unusual. So... However that is for you, I encourage you to practice, first of all, in order to tap into your intuition, practice. Simply pose a deep question that you have, just put it out there, put it in your thoughts, and then notice whether anything comes to you and just pay attention to it. That's that's what it's all about. It's about paying attention, becoming aware of things that are beyond just the physical and see where it leads you. And you might just realise that, Mystic goddess is a very powerful um, archetype to be and follow that sort of intuition, decision-making power. Um, and I was actually going to say to that, because in our society, mysticism and woo-woo and isn't valued as highly as potentially in your culture as, you know, the, where there was, is much more spiritual awareness mm. and and it's culturally accepted so I think this is a really interesting part of I think turn on is accessing those parts of ourselves that we're not really using and so this is a beautiful invitation that you're giving us to try it on and see maybe this will open up some part of you and allow that life force to flow through you in a different way that you haven't experienced 
I love the way you've said that, the the life force flowing through you in a different way, like being open to that. That's also part of what freedom is. You talk about wild, free and sexy. And freedom is stepping into the unknown and seeing life as a bit of an adventure and being willing to try something new. So I certainly invite that judgment, right? Because I think there's a part of us that's already possibly talking in our head saying, what's she on about? Like, I can't do that. I'm not intuitive or that's not Mm. something that's available to me. But if you put that aside and realise that all of this is available. Absolutely. That That's the first thing. Like, uh, I think getting over that hurdle of thinking, oh, I'm not special enough. I don't, like, why would I be able to have intuitive powers? Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's sadly, it's it's really sad that people um, would put themselves down like that because this, this power is available to everybody. That's my belief. A few other examples of when this power can be used is... Um, I can't remember the experiment that was done, Stanford, not Stanford experiment. There's an experiment that was done where um, it was about people listening to authority blindly. And sometimes we saw that during the pandemic where um, simply because per, uh, someone is in the position of authority, then yes, that's an experiment, right? So um, the experiment went something along the lines, don't quote me exactly, of asking passers-by to turn on the dial for an electric current Um, and someone in the other room was experiencing the electric current and you could hear them screaming. Now, the person giving this instruction was wearing a white coat and had had their um, clipboard and a pen and said, okay, now turn it up, turn it up more, turn it up more, to the point where people were turning it up where it was saying like dire, you know, it's like dire death, et cetera, et cetera, and they're still listening to the person in authority. There are very few people who had that courage and to listen to themselves and say no to authority, to speak um, speak to their own inner uh, compass and follow that inner compass. And that's a great example why intuition is so needed and so powerful because some people are losing the way so badly. There is plenty of information out there and sometimes it's conflicting. So how do you actually decide what's right? When you're trying to make a decision in life, if you've been put, like placed with so much conflicting information, one thing you could do is just self-reflection, go inward and trust your gut, trust your intuition. So that's one example. Another example I want to bring up is in communication. Now, this is really incredibly powerful. When you're having a conversation with somebody, you might be, they might, you might be hearing their words, but if you just tune in to your body as they're speaking, as you're in their presence, you're tuning into what's happening in your body. At times where, while they're speaking, you might notice your, your stomach is tightening, you're feeling like a sinking feeling, and maybe your chest is contracting. You don't know why this is happening because the words that are being said are totally fine. They're acceptable. But your body is starting to react in weird and funny ways. Now, that's another way to access your intuition and pay attention to that. I was having a conversation once with my sister where I was asking her about a situation. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, I met up with this person and everything was good and blah, blah, blah. But as she said everything was good, I felt my whole chest contract and something didn't feel right. And I explained to her that I'm getting this feeling, this sensation in my body as she's speaking. Can she speak to that? And she was shocked because she said, 
oh my God, that's what I'm feeling right now. And it, it was uncovered that things were not good. Actually, what a lot of people say is not necessarily the truth lying underneath. And intuition allows us to uncover that and really have authentic relationships and authentic conversations. So that was another example of um, really tapping into intuition. The more attuned you become with your body, you start getting better and better at it. Um, sometimes we're so disconnected from our bodies. So many of us are actually really disconnected from our bodies and um, it might take some time, but there's always like always access to that. Yeah. So that is mystic goddess and her, her gift to the world is wisdom. When you can come from a place where you can see the unseen, you can provide insights and foresight to people and that's wisdom. That's something that is just so needed and valued and that's her gift. So would you like to add anything else to that before we go on to the next goddess archetype? Only just that for me personally, I didn't ever believe I could be intuitive and I wasn't a healer and I wasn't any of these things, which I thought, you know, gave you access to intuition. But it's definitely been something that I value incredibly highly and use all the time, including how we came to speak today. <laughs> yesterday I was like I just feel called to be contact and it's it's just like logic was like it's Easter Monday this is crazy time you know so there were all these different reasons like you pointed out of why this would be a silly thing to do or she wouldn't be available or blah 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 so yeah just to I guess reiterate that as soon as I started to follow my intuition all sorts of things have opened up. It has been an absolute game changer for me. So mm. I wouldn't have thought it possible to be a mystic archetype, but mm. now I have. So if you're one of those people thinking, what is she on about? There's no way. I really want you to encourage uh, or encourage you to explore it. Amazing. Absolutely. Um, and you've, You've nailed one very important aspect of intuition. Sometimes it's not that we don't have access to intuition. Sometimes it's that we don't have the courage to listen to it. Mm. That's a different matter. So a lot of you might be sitting there thinking, oh, I've had so many insights in the past that I knew were right, but I just didn't act on them. I wasn't courageous enough to act on them because it goes against the grain. Oftentimes your intuition will go against logic and it, it just doesn't make sense to do that. But you, when you follow it and the more practice you get at following it, it's just phenomenal because hindsight is your greatest gift for intuition. Hindsight tells you that, wow, when I followed that, it was spot on, you know. Yeah. So it's um, very, very interesting and it's great that we're here today because yeah, of that, and I think because you followed it. The goals, like for me, it feels like maybe this is a bit mystical too, the, the goals on the other side of it, like taking that courageous step to follow your intuition mm -hmm. might seem to people in your life as a bit crazy or out there. But, yeah, the hindsight tells you, yep, that was exactly the right move for me or look what I got that I would never have got had I been rational and um, followed yeah, the way that seems logical. So yeah. And please understand that I, I'm not saying that there is logic, there's no place for logic. It absolutely is. And oftentimes most of our decisions in life will be made through logic. And that makes sense. It um, speeds up the process. 
But there'll be times in your life, like forks in the road, that are really, really important decisions for you. And that's probably the best time to really tap into your intuition. Um, you don't have to be constantly channeling and constantly tuning into your intuition. Like that can be, you know, hard work and tiring. But definitely know that you have access to that. Yeah, and I think we're actually inviting people to add it to the drawing board or, you know, consider it. It's another piece of this puzzle and Mm -hmm. often we're ignoring it. And that's sort of where maybe you're feeling a bit blah or average in life or not feeling really lit up. This might be one of the pieces that can really add to that. Oh, there's so much more. We have to get going. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Wild Goddess. Wild Goddess is our next archetype and she is one of the most misunderstood in a lot of this work because I've attended workshops where they've gone through Wild Goddess as an archetype and a wild woman, the wild woman as an archetype. And um, people paint her often as this crazy, chaotic, um, insane person, you know, that can just like just screaming and all of that. Now, there's certainly... um, that aspect to this archetype but I want you to think of it as the wilderness so when you think of the wild when you think of nature mother nature all things in nature have have their own place none of them are comparing themselves to the other they don't know what they're there for. They're just doing their thing. And essentially, Wild Goddess is all about acceptance. Once you reach a level of self-acceptance, you give permission to everyone else to accept themselves as who they are. And this is a really, really powerful archetype and one pretty hard to access at times um, because there are aspects of ourselves we don't want to accept um we're constantly striving for perfection and she's the antidote to that it's not about perfection I want you to think about if you go out today and look at a tree talk to the tree um tell it what's wrong with it what's wrong with that tree what don't you like about it how should it be different it will be a very interesting exercise to talk to a tree and tell it that it needs to be more like the other tree or it needs to have longer branches or bigger leaves or discolored leaves or whatever like you'll feel a little bit ridiculous actually doing that and give it a go I invite you to try that because that's how we speak to one another and to ourselves I love that that's it because it seems completely bonkers but that's exactly why it's crazy for us to do that to each other and ourselves and ourselves constant comparison it's debilitating stop it Mm. stop the comparison you are here you are unique you have your purpose on this planet otherwise you wouldn't be here Mm. so stop even comparing and just embrace all that you are and what you have to offer and then you'll truly be able to come to life and offer that in the world Mm. and for me when you talk about being wild like that is like full acceptance that's truly wild isn't it it's, it's truly one wild. that I feel really called cool to. And when you said sort of crazy and out there, it's like that was always the bit that I felt like, oh, I don't feel I am that. I'm not the wildest person out there. I don't embrace that kind of um, extreme, I guess, in how I show yeah. up in the world. People must think, what is, she? you know, she's not wild. But it really does resonate for me, the wilderness, being natural, being 
yes. at one in nature. And I loved when you said you're unique. And I, and I think that's where I've come to be accepting of myself is I'm my own version of the, you know, the human in this yes. lifetime. And that's just how it is. And it's really freeing. It's um Absolutely. Just think of it, think of it as a wild ocean or a or a volcano. That's also part of the wild, and so is a still lake. Mm. Um, you know, so which like we don't have to express ourselves in any particular way to be wild. It's simply accepting all that we are. And then the next level is accepting others for who they are, and that is something else, and that's truly giving permission for people to live authentically and really embrace their gifts and show up with their gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an antidote to jealousy. It's an antidote to people-pleasing. Um, this, this particular archetype is super powerful. All right, so nurturing goddess, nurturing goddess, this one is probably some an archetype that many of you in your midlife can relate to. You've probably been there. You've probably been, she's very much alive in you. If you've had children or you've been part of the community, making a difference in the community, then um, feeling a sense of responsibility, especially in this age, you probably had a lot of experiences, life experiences where you've felt a deep sense of responsibility for others. So that is a part of us that is nurturing goddess and she is so needed and often modern feminism really um, dismantles this goddess archetype and does not value it, unfortunately, because it's that selfless, um, caring, looking after others um, aspect. And, of course, you can self-nurture. So you can nurture yourself, give yourself all the love and tenderness that you need and also to others. So in order to access nurturing goddess it's about having a deep sense of responsibility and who you have that deep sense of responsibility for can be unique to you um it could be a child it could be a family it could be your community it could be yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately her gift to the world is sacrifice and to me I see this as one of the greatest mother archetypes you know if you think of somebody like Mother Teresa as an example, um, someone who is first and foremost about giving and the gift to the world is sacrifice, but they never see that as sacrifice. Giving up something for a loved one, um, for someone that you feel deeply responsible for never feels like a sacrifice to a mother. And so that is nurturing goddess. And she's the one that makes the world go round, to be honest. We need to honour that part of ourselves as women um, we really need to honour this role as well um, because it's so needed in this world. I was going to, I would say that the majority of women listening will relate to this particular archetype as being something that they do a lot of but don't necessarily value in themselves. So they mm. will sacrifice themselves and their needs for others potentially. Mm and be responsible for families and husbands and jobs and all these other things Mm. reflecting themselves. So it's really beautiful how you said that nurturing can be of themselves and to invite that aspect onto, you know, and reflect it back to themselves, but then equally valuing it. So I think a lot of women do it and then think, oh, but I'm just a mom at home or I'm just this or that doesn't 
yes tribute to the world and it's beautiful how you said it actually makes the world go round. we are so grateful (laughs) absolutely does make the world go around and um it's super important to realize the impact it has nurturing goddess has um and also i want to just add to this i haven't really gone into the extremes of these archetypes and that's something important to consider because Um, the idea is for you to be able to come alive with any of these archetypes given the situation. So it's making conscious choices of how you want to show up in life. So do you want to be, in this moment, is nurturing goddess the best version of yourself you can be? Sometimes the answer is no. You need to be warrior goddess. You need to be erotic goddess. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is the extreme of this archetype of nurturing mother-style archetype is that you get so identified with that role that you forget yourself as a woman, you forget yourself as a sexual being, you forget yourself as a cheeky little girl. And that's why it's so important to balance out these archetypes and really play with them and bring them to life in different ways. So we talked about nurturing goddess, and that makes brings me to the next one, which is erotic goddess. And again, to balance erotic goddess with nurturing goddess, wow, that is exciting to remember that you are first and foremost a woman before you became a mother. You are this gorgeous, radiant, sexy, sensual, sexual woman. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And to be in touch with that, to come alive with that, how do we tap into erotic goddess? It's not just about sex, although sex is very much an important priority in order to Tap into your eros, your eroticism. But it's not just about sex. It's about pleasure. And it's about really awakening all our senses, our physical senses. So touch, smell, taste. The way I invite you as listeners right now to tap into your erotic goddess, you can do it on a daily basis. It's not just about self-pleasure and masturbating, although I welcome you to do that as well. It's about really tuning into life and tasting it and feeling it and touching it and seeing it and smelling it. Really come alive with life. Next time you're doing the dishes, you're washing the dishes, notice how that hot water is dripping on the dish and through your hands. Just feel the sensation. Just pause for a moment. Really enjoy it. Really savour it. Next time. What a turn. Totally. Next time you're next to anything with any kind of scent, mm. just take a moment to really smell it. Yeah. You know, it just it just takes these moments of pleasure. It doesn't have to be like, oh no, I have to spend 30 minutes of self-pleasure practice and blah, 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 blah. No. Just pause for a moment and experience pleasure in whatever. I love to also invite in, which I think this uh, this wheel's really doing, is how can I weave it into all the other things I'm already doing? So when I'm nurturing other people, can I be wearing some clothes that feel really beautiful on my skin so I feel the pleasure of that whilst I'm still attending to my responsibility? You know, so it's how do we also invite that in to what we're already, yeah. That's exactly right. This is not meant to be work. No. That's the last thing it's meant to be. So, um, and I don't want people to approach these feminine practices as work. Um, it's very much about just starting to pay attention and come alive. That's it. 
You know, when you pay attention, you come alive, you start noticing things and you pause and you really experience them. And that's what we want. And erotic goddesses gift to the world is creativity. And if I talk about creation and what we're creating, it's all through our sexual energy, our womb. So that's where the ultimate human is created from that. So if you lose touch with your pleasure and eroticism, then sometimes you feel really stifled creatively. You're not able to find new ways of doing things. You're not able, not, not able to venture into new things. So it's really her gift to the world is creativity. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think so, this is probably one of the ones that feels edgy for a lot of people because there is a lot of shame around feeling entitled to pleasure, like you have to earn the right to experience it. And then the eroticism too is it's a bit slutty or promiscuous or, you know, if you are that way inclined or you're expressing it that way. So it's it's definitely one that I think you're, you know, inviting us into and I do as well. It's so important to play with and, and try it on and explore and 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 go at your own pace. Go at your own pace. But this again is not about people pleasing. It's not about caring about what others think. This is your inner journey. Um, and funnily enough, when you are in pleasure, you are radiating. Like people are responding to you like a blossoming flower. You respond to a blossoming flower with um with awe and curiosity, and you're being drawn in. And so it's really um it's really special to tap into your pleasure. You're, you're doing a very selfless thing by tapping into your pleasure because you're actually lighting up the whole world, the whole room. You know, people respond to that. They want to see you, like even the next archetype I'm talking about, like these ones really shift the energy of the place. When you're in your pleasure, when you're feeling creative and erotic, like it can totally shift around the energy and it's playful. It can be playful. It can be sensual. It can be deep and dark. There are all, so many flavors to erotic goddess. Love her. Who's next? <laughs> What's the other next one? one? Next one is cheeky goddess, the part of us that, yes. oh, it's that little joyful girl. She is so excited by life. And in order to access her, it's about fun. So get out there and do something for the sake of fun, just because it's fun, not because it's productive. Yeah. Fun is as important as productivity. So really prioritizing fun and whatever that means for you. And what she, her gift to the world is joy. So when you're having fun, you are gifting people around you with joy. They just respond. So Cheeky Goddess, um, with Bollywood dancing, I have a Bollywood dance company, and that is what I bring to people when I'm running workshops on Bollywood dancing. They're it's really hard to have a sad face in the room because yeah. your body is just coming to life and lighting up and we're having so much fun and we're making fun of ourselves. And <clears throat> she is also a very important archetype for those people who take everything too seriously. Like if you're a woman who likes to get everything right, you've got schedules for everything, you you want everything to be perfect, um, she knows how to just relax, have fun and let it be, like not have to have everything perfect and right all the time. So it's um, just giving yourself permission to be a little girl every now and then and start noticing how people in life is responding to you when you're in that energy. And all of these archetypes, notice how, how life is responding to you. Yeah. I love Would you like one. to add anything to that? Well, I was thinking mischievous and, and equally that inner child in us that 
we've forgotten. But then when you remember those things that you used to love doing, jumping on a trampoline or swimming nude or all the things that gave you joy then can be an invitation now to what you might have forgotten or not allowed yourself to experience. Yes, absolutely. Cheeky goddess. She's um, And if you know someone like that with any of these archetypes, if you can recognise someone in your life that really brings to life this particular archetype, it's worthwhile just observing them and maybe picking up on some of their characteristics and embodying that. Um, I know my sister is just such a cheeky goddess. She can just find fun and playfulness in any situation. So um, that's a real special quality. That's the next one is magnetic goddess. Magnetic goddess is um, think of yourself as a magnet. What does a magnet do? It attracts. It attracts. It's that part of the feminine. One of the things, one of the greatest power of the feminine is to receive and attract. And magnetic goddess is unapologetic about receiving she's unapologetic about asking for help she's unapologetic about wearing her heart on her sleeve and expressing what's true for her and in order to access magnetic goddess it's about tapping into your vulnerability and vulnerability is authentic self-expression being totally truthful and honest of what is going on for you emotionally being willing to ask for help being willing to share yourself with someone else. Um, and her gift to the world is connection. Mm-hmm. And I've had many women who are such um, powerhouse women that they're constantly in nurturing goddess or warrior goddess and they're constantly doing, doing, doing for others and struggle sometimes to ask for help. And I think many women listening to this might relate to this as well. Struggle to share um you know, have shame around maybe if things are not working out, if, you know, they're unhappy or they're having certain feelings that they don't want to express. So magnetic goddess is super powerful in that sense, um, in attracting. So just think of yourself when you want to give to somebody, how does it make you feel when you give to someone and they really appreciate it when they value it? How does that make you feel? And now if you put yourself in the receiver's place, if you never are, you're never willing to receive from someone, you are robbing them of that joy that they could get from giving to you. And so when we look at that from that aspect, rather than the selfish sort of aspect of like, you know, there's a level of selfishness of not being able to ask for help. And if you turn it around in that way, um, you realize that, hey, You know, I'm actually giving someone the opportunity to give to me and that feels great. So essentially what I'm saying is if you're listening to this, in order to tap into magnetic goddess and really deepen connections with people, start sharing your heart and start sharing your desires and your wishes and really asking for what you want unapologetically, not just asking for help but asking for what you want. Sometimes even naming our desires can be really, really edgy really tricky but unless we really name them how are we going to get what we desire Mm. really putting it out there okay so I love that one because I actually think that I when you talk or when someone shares something that is vulnerable you can't help but want more like there's this 
desire to potentially you know match that person where they're at and be drawn into like you said an openness to um, meet them with their vulnerability maybe you'll then feel more open to, to to sharing and that's great for connection that's why the connections create created in a partnership someone who can be vulnerable allows you to be vulnerable and then you build that new connection so exactly yeah. love it and the next one is warrior goddess um warrior goddess is extremely powerful it's like when you're feeling like you can walk in the room and you are unstoppable um you can achieve anything that extreme like self-confidence and self-esteem that you have to accomplish anything that's warrior goddess um i was thinking about this today actually when you look at the um you know, in the jungle, when you see animals, they're fighting for territory, usually they're male animals fighting for territory. So they're like warriors fighting for territory. But that's pretty scary enough to face one of those. But what you really don't want to face is a protective mama fighting to protect her children. She would be far more fierce than any male sort of warrior trying to fight for territory. She'll be far more fierce. So in order to tap into warrior goddess, the unstoppable part of you is to tap into cause, having a great cause that's important to you. <clears throat> Initially, when I was exploring this archetype, the word discipline was coming to me and then it was thrown out, like through guidance, it was thrown out. Discipline is needed when you're trying to force something to happen. Warrior goddess is so in line with her purpose that she just flows, like she's unstoppable. So when you're you're in line, you're aligned with your cause and that's really important to you, whatever that may be in life, whether it's your family, your children, your community, your work, your partner, anything, when you're aligned with your cause, then she can really like, you can just be so, um, demonstrate courage, encourages her gift to the world because she's unstoppable. So that's warrior goddess. She's also the one that, um, if you tune into your mystic goddess where you're accessing your intuition, warrior goddess is the part of you that implements those actions. So she's the one that gets shit done. She makes things happen. She's a mover and a shaker. She's not to be messed with. You know, messed she, with she, she doesn't care what people think of her. She's like her cause is too important and it, it she's just, um yeah, unstoppable and fierce part of you. Yeah. And I think the way you're describing these, are, they feel really attractive to me. Like they're not a sort of not one better than the other, but they're all some some part that you'd feel proud, I guess, displaying. Does that make sense? That, yeah, it totally makes I sense. would be happy being a warrior as much as I'd be happy being cheeky or erotic. They're all something that you can value. They're not one's better than the other. They've got their part to play. Yeah, it's really yes, cool. absolutely. And uh, that's why I kept saying, like, in extremes, for example, if you you become a warrior all the time um, and you feel threatened, like you've got to get your guard up all the time, you've got your armour on all the time, um, then it can be in extremes and you, it's hard to tap into magnetic goddess, your vulnerability. It's hard to share yourself. It's hard to connect with people. They might see you as intimidating. They might see you if you're constantly in that role. So the idea is to put on these little, you know, like these costumes, so to speak, um, depending on the situation. 
really choose how you want to show up in that moment. And I keep repeating this. It's so important to realize that you are all of these. All of these live within you and you have the choice how you want to show up at any given time. So that's super important. Um, so I guess um, we're wrapping up, are we? Yes. And uh, did we get onto Mysterious? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Yeah, one last <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, so there's the eighth goddess archetype, which is Mysterious Goddess Archetype. So I will just leave you with that. Ooh. And, yeah. <clears throat> this one, um, yeah, this one I won't say much on um, because this one is um, – it's almost like in order to access her, you require surrender and her gift to the world is possibilities. I'll leave you with that, what meaning you make of it, what exploration you have of this archetype. Um, uh, you're welcome to try her on, explore her, get curious about her, but I'll leave that. Well, I think you're being mysterious and inviting us to maybe engage with you. <laughs> what possibilities are there? I hear that. I mean, I think you've given us a beautiful introduction to, yeah, these incredible, eight, powerful, diverse, really rich archetypes. And what I heard was, yes, they can all be attractive, but healthy when they're in balance and they're not dominant over each other so in listening if there was one you're like there's none of that in me that's probably the one you could start with I'm guessing or at least starting to notice I wonder why or get a yeah focus some attention on it and see if you can identify it in other people and how it works for them and whether that could be a role you could start to introduce into your life so Jack Ritty, why don't you share with us how women who have been yeah, intrigued and tempted by your mysterious offer <laughs> know you more. Wonderful. So um, at the moment, this is a little more underground work. So it's not with my Bollywood dance company. That's kind of out there. This, I've had a website before, but it's closed at the moment. So the best way to get in touch with me is through Ignite Bollywood. So info at ignitebollywood.com and visit at Ignite Bollywood or at Jagrathi Feminine Leadership on Insta. And the work that I've predominantly done is one-on-one -on -one work or retreats and group workshops. Um, through the one-on-one -on -one work, I've helped women in different um, walks of life. So um, there was a mother of four who wanted to feel more empowered. Um, she wanted to really get a sense of what she wants in life, what she wants to create, and try and juggle and balance all the things that were happening, like to look after four boys um, and also give herself time and space um, was a challenge for her. And she was finding that she's getting drained and depleted. And one thing we worked on for her, um, like I said, this is intuitive work. So it's very much what the person needs, what medicine they need as to how I tailor my one-on-one -on -one sessions. For her, um, I helped her embody her warrior goddess even more. And she was starting to notice the difference in the way people were responding to her in her kindergarten boardroom and also her children. Um, it was about not becoming aggressive as such. It was more about embodying the warrior so that when you walk into a room people know they're not to be like you're not to be messed with and sometimes that's the energy that you need even with your children which is weird to say but that's what she needed that was her medicine and so that 
changed her situation phenomenally because then she had a say to create her own space in her home where it was like rather than having the kids sleep with her, all the kids and in her space, she started to create, carve out some space and time for herself. And the kids were respectful of that. And they were totally embracing that. First of all, I don't just work with anybody. So if someone really feels a call, this work, like I really want to explore this. Um, I really have this thing I want to work on and create change around. Um, when they come to me, I tune in, I check in and see whether I'm the person to help them and whether I can support them with that. And only then will I say that yes or no, this is what I'm getting, this is the guidance I'm getting. Amazing. Mm. Well, thank you. I'm thank sure you. that if there's, yeah, an intuitive guidance from someone to contact you, they will, and they can certainly follow you on Instagram and um, yeah. connect with you that way. I'm super grateful for you sharing so generously your, yeah, your baby, I guess, your <laughs> goddess wheel. And I've learned a lot about myself and I think it's really beautiful how you've given us a different access that's not through um, goddesses we're familiar with or we've been taught about or are in stories and folklore and stuff like that. So this is just a... a a safer way potentially for us to to try them on and explore them without all that baggage and history and experience with them already. So sure. I think that's a really beautiful way and inviting us into different ways that we can turn on and understanding how for each of us in different moments there may be a different need or a different opportunity that presents itself based on where we're at and what, um, what we kind of are familiar with, I guess. So... Yeah, and I just want to say how um, I'm hoping that a lot of you, as you were listening, were recognising how these different archetypes play a role in being turned on, being wild, free and sexy. And um, maybe you can make those associations as well because ultimately when we live a more conscious life where we're choosing how we want to show up, that's how we can really tap into our full potential and really live a juicy, exciting, turned on life. And trust me, everyone wants that for you. Everyone needs that. It's so important. Yeah. yeah and, don't, and to prioritize it, I think that's another purpose for this podcast is for you to understand that it's not, oh, only when I get to everything else am I worthy of being turned on. It's actually, this is front and center this is everything and it will allow you to be the best mother the best lover the best um your work you know all of it it's it's access to all of it so absolutely and I just want to end with this uh, one thing I desire all women to know about themselves especially in midlife I, I want you to just uh, receive this message from me that you are more powerful than you realize and you're not alone you can harness the collective strength and ancient wisdom of the feminine that is available to you to access at any time should you choose. And anything you're feeling or going through right now has already been experienced by someone. So the more you share your journey and your voice, the louder the whisper of the feminine will be heard. Don't hide, share and shine. Amazing. Thank you. If you're ready to light your spark and reconnect with your sensual and sexual side, join me for a free and fun three-day experience 
it's online and from the 1st to the 3rd of May. It's called Bringing Sexy Back. It's an opportunity to feel supported and stretched in a safe space with Seriously Sublime Sisters. So head to my website, pennyvandersloos.com forward slash sexy back and leave your email and Facebook contact details and you will be registered. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and review it on your preferred podcast platform, especially if you liked it. A five-star review would be awesome. Thank you.